I've been plagued with really high anxiety for years that has affected my ability to be the mom that I wanted to be. Depression is a struggle too, but I followed Dr. Kylie's vitamin D protocol. She shouts all over this podcast and on Facebook. I was already taking vitamin D before, but not enough. I jacked it up like she advised and what a change. My depression is nearly gone. I'm off the antidepressant and my anxiety is close to none. All you have to do is follow her on Facebook, join the podcast. She gives free and amazing advice. Then take it to the next level, says Lori, by joining the membership. I did. You can join that membership at drkylieburton.com backslash healing-beyond-the-diagnosis. Let's start celebrating your success next. I can't wait to welcome you in. All right, let's get started. Hey, practitioners, health coaches, docs, everybody who finds themselves in shoes like mine, the doors of opportunity are open again. Go check it out. We did some major upgrades and listen to your feedback inside the mastermind. Doors will open all of October and close November 1st at noon Mountain Standard Time. Come join us. BTDmastermind.com. Remember, as my friend Chip Gain says, your purpose is just like mine. It's big and it's important. And there's no one else anywhere on the planet who can fulfill it. So quit messing around and go get them. Let's do this together. I'll see you on the inside. Remember, the doors of opportunity are open right now. What can change in your life, in your future, and in your patients' lives? Let's do this together. btdmastermind.com Welcome to the Beyond the Diagnosis podcast with me, Dr. Kylie. Today, we're going to talk about fertility, but specifically unexplained infertility with a naturopathic doctor, Dr. Kate. Dr. Kate specializes in unexplained infertility. And today we're going to go through the five shifts that'll take you from infertility to pregnant. And you can find more at her website, drcait.com, Dr. Kate. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. I am so excited to be here. I'm so excited to learn because yeah. from what our previous conversation was about, you're taking on some aspects of infertility that don't get discussed, but are crucial yeah. for this journey of becoming a mother, not only getting pregnant, but staying pregnant and having a healthy mm-hmm. baby and a healthy mommy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So walk us through, how did you choose infertility? Why infertility? Great question. To be honest, I'm just so passionate about it because I feel like, first of all, it's such a big problem. We all know this, right? It's like one in eight couples are struggling with infertility. That is, and it's getting worse Mm -hmm. and it's getting worse. That's a lot of people. And I see like the heartache and the struggle and how much people are going through and it's taking over their lives. And to be frank, I just know that it doesn't have to be that way. That's why this is my passion. That's why this is what I do, because I know that there are answers and solutions. You just have to dig a little bit deeper. And I feel like there's so many people out there that are struggling and they really don't have to, it doesn't have to be that way. So, and plus, you know, what's more fun than helping someone have a a beautiful little baby, right? Yeah. The nice thing is with infertility, like 
where I work with so many people who have struggled with many, many health aspects. Sure. Infertility, it's like you're successful or you're not. <laughs> there is a clear cut definition on success. Now, mm. getting pregnant is the first step. Right. Staying pregnant is the second step. Right. And the right. third step is having a healthy baby and healthy mommy. The same right. Time. And so, it's all intertwined. Right. Mm-hmm. And before we jump into the whole infertility discussion, if you were to recommend prepping your body, both women and men, it's a two-part conversation here. Mm-hmm. What would you recommend someone does, particularly a woman, because she's got to carry the pregnancy sure. to prepare her body for that pregnancy, whether it's infertility yeah. or not? Absolutely. I think everyone should. I mean, I, I think that people aren't aware that they could be doing that. And it would be good to spread the word that we can. And in fact, actually in more traditional societies, I don't know if you've heard of Weston Price, but he studied all of these indigenous societies where they would actually, like, it would be a requirement that you had to prep for pregnancy. So obviously that does not go on here. And I'm not saying that it should be a requirement either, but I think it is good to be mindful of the fact that we are always influencing our fertility. We're always influencing our reproductive system and our eggs. You know, it's not like you're just born with your eggs and then that's it from nutrition to toxicity to, you know, even our thoughts and beliefs, all of these things are influencing our egg quality, our reproductive system all the time. And so it takes about three months, three or four months to impact your egg quality and actually sperm quality too, because as you were saying earlier, you know, there's so much placed on the woman, but it takes two to tango. Yeah. So in three months, you can really totally shift and change your egg quality, your uterine health, just your fertility in general. Now, I want to touch base before we continue on. If you don't know this, I'm glad you are going to know this. I had a mom come in one time and I was helping her with her health. And she said something about her daughter. Mm-hmm. Her daughter was 27 years old at the time, trying to get pregnant and truly struggling with infertility. Mm-hmm. So they went to a, I really get peeved about these things, fertility clinic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the doctor, whoever, boy, girl, doesn't matter. I don't, I don't even know their background, but they told her that her egg quality was so poor. Mm-hmm. They needed to take all of her eggs in order to find a few that were good and viable for an IVF treatment. Wow. That, now, that young too, you know? Yes. That young, 27 years old. Now, nobody bothered telling her that she doesn't make more eggs. She thought it would be fine. Mom didn't know this either. She thought it would be fine that they just took her eggs and they found what was good and then she'd make more. So she could still get pregnant on her own. And it really, really, really got under my skin. And it still does, of course, (laughs) that they're taking eggs from a woman and not telling her the repercussions from that. Not saying, oh, by the way, if you want to get pregnant ever, you have to come pay us to get your eggs. Yeah, that's wild. That's really not okay. (laughs) Yeah. So let's have a conversation about you know, what are the top couple of things that they can do to just change egg quality, change right. sperm quality? And, and ladies, men are a big piece of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. If you were to go back 40 years ago, 30 years ago and do sperm counts then versus sperm counts now, it's dropped 60% on average. 
Yeah. Because of the environment we live in. So don't just rule your husband out or your, your partner out. This isn't just about you as a woman. This is about you and your husband both being ready to make a baby and having both of you being healthy. It's Mm -hmm. one thing to have a baby. It's another thing to being healthy parents and, you know, those kind of things. So when it comes to changing egg quality and sperm quality, how do they do that? Great question. There's a lot that can be done, but I think as far as the actual quality of those things, the biggest thing would be nutrition and eating really whole foods, not the store, but like actual real foods, meaning like unprocessed, cut the crap. Nutrition is really the physical foundation of our health. And like I was saying to you earlier, you know, I consider health to not just be the physical, but you know, mind, body, and soul. But as far as the physical goes, you know, nutrition is everything. It affects your hormone levels, which then affect your ability to carry the pregnancy or to even get pregnant. And then, you know, once you are pregnant, it will affect what nutrients are given to the baby and then how, you know, healthy your pregnancy is to answer your question a little bit more on what kind of foods that they could eat. I mean, I think that a lot of it has to do with like what foods they're avoiding. And what I would say is it's like, figure out like what kind of pregnant woman or what kind of pregnant couple do you want to be? And Do you want to be like really healthy and really care about what you're putting in your body? And I mean, for some people, they might not. And that's, it's always your choice. But if that's the kind of pregnancy that you want to have, where you really care about what you eat and you're eating, you know, a variety of foods and, you know, whole foods and fruits and vegetables and quality proteins, then you have to start eating that way. Now you have to start acting like you're pregnant now, like at least the three months before you get pregnant. Yeah. Eat more whole foods. Do you ever recommend like, what is it called? Her whole 30. Oh, the paleo diet, the whole 30. I think it would depend on the person because if you're someone who has PCOS or perhaps like endometriosis and that's contributing to infertility, then something like the whole 30 probably could help to stabilize blood sugar levels. But I think that when you're trying to get pregnant, you need to be eating a good amount of fat. And sometimes the whole 30 diet can be a little bit, I think maybe not enough good fat. Sometimes it it depends on how, how they're eating within that diet, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's a good point. Because Mm -hmm. I know whole 30 is all plants, vegetables, healthy meats, you know, that kind of stuff, which is great. If that's one way to improve your diet, then, then do it. But like you said, healthy fats are crucial for Mm -hmm. happy hormones Mm -hmm. and a happy brain at the same time. Mm-hmm. So make sure that you're getting those healthy fats as well. Cool. So one of the biggest ways we can affect our egg quality and our sperm quality is that diet. So Dr. Kate here specializes in this unexplained infertility, and she has five shifts that'll take you from infertility to pregnant and be sure to download her free. Um, I have a free training. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Free training Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at our website, drcaitdrkate.com. Yeah. That will expound upon this more, but let's start Mm -hmm. diving into these five shifts that they can make. What's number one? Sure. Number one is that you have to approach your fertility and your ability to get pregnant from a whole person approach. You know, you're not just your eggs or your ovaries or your uterus. Your fertility is a reflection of your whole health and your whole health is mind, body, and soul. And 
a lot of doctors out there really are just looking at the separate pieces of you, you know, maybe just your eggs or your, your ovaries or, you know, whatever, or sometimes, you know, doctors are digging a bit deeper and looking at how everything is connected, like how your hormones are connected to your gut and to your adrenals. And that's all true. And I totally agree. But what I find is that it, a whole person approaches even deeper than all of that. And it's what's happened to us in in our lives and our thoughts and our beliefs. And it's our nutrition and it's mind, body, and soul. And so then that leads me to the second shift, which is, you know, you have to get to the root cause of what's really preventing you from getting pregnant because, and you know, this it's like, do you really have infertility or do you really have those, whatever is really blocking you, whether it's a deficiency, whether it's a subconscious energy block, whether it's a timing issue, it's really what's under the surface. Like if you're born with all of your organs, then your body wants to reproduce. Your body should be able to reproduce, but sometimes there's blocks in the way. And so the art of it is figuring out what those blocks are for that specific person and then helping that woman to remove those blocks. Because once you remove those blocks, then it's like her body knows what to do. She's totally able to get pregnant. It's just, you have to remove the things that are in her way. Remove the barriers. Right. And in my experience, when someone has unexplained infertility, it's often something much deeper where it's something on more of like the energetic and really, truly, this isn't woo woo. Like, you know, we now know with science that on our deepest levels, we're all energy. And this is what like acupuncture is based off of in Chinese medicine too. So sometimes energetic blocks happen because of things or circumstances in our life that almost block up our chakra system. And so what I find with unexplained infertility is it's almost like not like a PTSD, but like a minor trauma has happened. And you, especially if you've experienced miscarriages or loss, like that's, that is true, real trauma. And like, you have to, you know, no one should have to carry that. And so helping to neutralize or remove those subconscious energy blocks really can make a big difference, especially when a woman has unexplained infertility. How do they go about knowing if they have an energy block? Now do they go about releasing it? That's a big part of what I do in my program. The fertility reset is we help them to, we'd use a specific form of something called EFT. Tapping. Yes. There's lots of different tapping methods out there, but we use a more specific individualized form, but basically, I mean, there's, you know, there's a lot of fear and there are blocks with infertility. And so we help the woman in an individualized way to dig deeper and remove those blocks with the specialized form of EFT so that, you know, she feels really confident and safe and good and sure about getting pregnant. I like EFT. Maybe we'll have to do a follow-up one on EFT. Yeah. Okay. So the first one, make sure you're approaching you as a whole person and as a whole couple Mm -hmm. to get to the root cause, remove those barriers. What's number three? It's to reset your fertility, to like build it up, you know, with nutrition, eating lots of really nutrient dense foods, you know, taking supplements, mindset strategies, you know, to feel good again, you know, and not feel alone because it it can be so hard to go down the infertility journey. So yeah, so really once the blocks are out of the way, then we want to build your fertility up. So that's the third shift. And then the fourth shift is to make sure that you're getting your timing right, because 
you know, a lot of women are, let me put it this way. I've learned that a couple can have unprotected sex twice a week for a whole year and not get pregnant just because they've missed like that small window of time. And really there's nothing wrong. It's just that the timing has been wrong. So I think as women, and I was discussing with this with my uh, midwife on one of my appointments during my own pregnancy and just the misconception and and not understanding the the female cycle. Right, right. We're told on day 14, this magical day, we Mm -hmm. ovulate, Mm -hmm. right? I know for a fact I ovulate on day nine. Oh, interesting. Me personally. Okay. And how do I know that? Well, there's some signs. Right. Let's go through those signs because it really literally is really common for women to just not understand their bodies. And then the timing is off and it's not infertility. It's just having it at the right moment and then being prepared when that moment arises. So the first sign is you have that vaginal discharge. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And what my midwife was telling me was that she actually sees a lot of people who think that they have infections. Right. Right. And she's like, no, that's normal. That's what your body does when when you're ovulating. There's testing kits out there you can buy online to, Mm -hmm. you know, check your fertility. And if you want to take that route, sure, go right ahead. But you don't need them. Just know the signs. Right. Vaginal discharge increases. Your temperature, Mm -hmm. body temperature increases. So Mm -hmm. if you were to take a your temperature internally, like using a thermometer, yeah. Yeah, put it in your ear, whatever. Take that throughout the entire cycle. You'll know that on those one or two days, there's a little blurb up mm-hmm. of your fertility dates. And I, I swear there was a third, but it's not coming yeah. to my mind. The cervix position changes. There you okay. go. Yeah. But that one isn't as necessary to track. I would say, I would say the, the first two that you mentioned are more important. Yeah. Um, and for me, it's that really, it's that big one. It's the vaginal discharge. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It happens every month. I mean, it's right. really hard to tell if you're on birth control because it's manipulating your hormones. But when you're in the scenario, I know that my body does it early. Now I have a regular 28, 30 day cycle, but my ovulation happens really early on. So don't just say it's day 14 and just believe that Right, it's not. And it's not day 14 for very many people. It's different for you and just listen to your body and it will let you know. Oh, here's another simple factor is your sex drive as a woman Mm -hmm. should be at its peak Mm -hmm. during that time, which makes sense, right? Right. Right. Because we're designed to have babies, to get pregnant. And so a lot of women will come in with like testosterone pellets and they'll be, my libido has never been so high. And my husband's trying to keep up. Well, is that really normal? It's, It's not normal for a woman to have such high libido all the time. Right. We should have high libido during that few yeah. days, yeah. maybe week when our body is telling us that, you know what, it's time to make a baby. And that's, what's normal for women in libido. So you got a couple of things there to get that timing, right? Any mm-hmm. other tidbits? How do you tell if the cervix well, is you ultrasound? No, no. It's through feeling like sticking yeah. your fingers up and yeah, feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if there was a secret that I was, no, no. No. but one more point I wanted to make also is that exactly like you said, like every woman ovulates a different day and it's not always day 14 because we're not robots. Right. But also it's not always 
So say a woman usually ovulates day 11. It's not going to always be day 11 every single month because different factors, you know, we're always influenced by again, nutrition and stress and life. And so things like nutrition or stress could prolong the day, you know, or it could be a day earlier. So that's why most phone apps are not always accurate because they're using the data from the previous months to track. And that does give you like a good ballpark, but it doesn't tell you for sure, because really the only way you can know for sure is those signs that you mentioned, because it could change monthly. It's like what's going on. Yeah. That's a good point. I know for me, it's been like day nine and 10, the three times I've gotten pregnant. It might be very consistent, you know, but if a woman cycles kind of like all over the place, like she's probably ovulating in different days. Yeah. And, and that being said too, I remember when we started trying for our third. So I have, I have Easton and I have Hallie, the second one I lost at 20 weeks. So it's always like third pregnancy, but people get confused because I only have the two kids. Right. Oh, Addison's up in heaven. It's okay. So hers, you know, even though I know all this stuff, it took us two months and I shouldn't say that over a fertility episode, infertility episode, but even though I knew like it still didn't happen, you know, immediately. Right. Of course. Yeah. And you got to get all of the pieces in place. Mm -hmm. So yes, I know this, but still you can have those instances where it's like, oh, it just didn't work that month. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm so sorry that happened. That, it's yeah, it's something that honestly, like, that. like it changed the way I approached when someone said miscarriage. Yeah. Or totally. It was like, oh, yeah. it's not just my reply beforehand was get lots of sleep and take your vitamins. You know, right. it will happen for you next time. Now it's like, no matter where it happens in pregnancy, you still lost the baby. Right. Whether it's six weeks or it's 16 weeks Um, for mine was, it was at 20 weeks. I had a a freak instance, but it's different for everyone. And then the same time I've got a friend who's lost two when she's now pregnant with her third and she's halfway through the pregnancy and she's never, she doesn't have sister. I mean, she has sisters, but they've never experienced miscarriage. and And so for her, it's like, you know what you've experienced, what I've experienced now when I'm 16 weeks, in the emergency bleeding physically, like feeling like I'm bleeding to death. I, I totally understand because yeah. like her husband, he texted me and said, here's where we are. Nobody else knows. It gives you a different perspective on life and on the journey. Cause it's something that you never think infertility is going to happen to you growing up. Mm-hmm. You always think, well, you know, we see moms in that generation, it was easier for them to have kids than it is for the generation now just do it off several factors, as you well know, but it's not something that you grow up as a girl thinking that you're going to struggle with infertility or you're going to have miscarriages. You know, it doesn't happen to you until it does. And then when you find yourself in those scenarios, it's for me, it was completely devastating. And it's been three and a half years now since that instance, but it's been like, as you said, a PTSD moment. Oh yeah. Or you have to overcome it. And I'll tell you that third pregnancy, it messed with my head the entire time. My first pregnancy was very physically demanding. Then we had Addison and that was, I ended up getting the flu, which is mm-hmm. interesting because the way I see it is completely different than the way the, so my midwife sent me to a high risk pregnancy 
Oh, talk, sure. Okay. Yeah, right? yeah. On the third one. And she had a very, very completely different mindset to the point where I was like, no, you're just trying to place fear upon me. So I become your right. patient. Right. And so for me, it was like I Thanksgiving weekend, the entire family, extended family got struck with the flu. I couldn't consume a drink of Gatorade and sure. keep it down for 48 hours. And then it all happened, you know, a week later. But that was that big stressor on my body that my body literally had to choose me or the baby. And of course, it's going to feed me to keep me alive. And so anyways, that instance recreated how I approach somebody, whether it's infertility, whether it's chronic fatigue, like it's not something you just brush off and say, well, try this or it's something that you, you got to dig deep inside. And I like how you incorporate the physical, the mental, the Mm -hmm. spiritual, the soul. Like what I found is that I can fix and I can treat physically, but until the mindset is correct. Yeah. Right. Nothing's going to work physically. Right. Timing is right. And be patient. Mm -hmm. Give yourself credit for everything that your body is doing and can do and will do. And don't, and I know from what I've heard with working with infertility patients myself is it's destructive. Mm -hmm. It's destructive on the woman. It's destructive on the marriage or the partnership. But if you can come together and be in it together, that means men go get tested too. This is not just a woman problem. This is a man problem too. And And a lot of times they just completely isolate themselves out of it. Like, no, it's my wife's problem. That's the hormone issue. And it might not even have anything to do with hormones. Right. But don't count the man out. Totally. Yeah. Number five. (laughs) Well, thanks for sharing that. Again, I'm so sorry that all happened to you. The only thing I wish now is I wish I could go back and slap the ER doctor on the face a couple of times. (laughs) Yeah. You just didn't handle it well. Right. And, And then you get the bill that. This $935 bill that he bills you for coming in and telling you that you've had a miscarriage. Well, no freaking duh. (laughs) I'm a a woman. I know my baby's laying on the table underneath me and you don't even have the balls to lift up the anyways. So that's the only part that I'm just like, Mm, (laughs) I wish you would have handled that better. But at the same time, I should have gone to labor and delivery, not the ER. Labor and delivery would have handled it probably better than the ER did. We're always just doing the best that we can, you know? Yeah. Miscarriages happen. Like they happen, I think a lot more than people realize it happens a lot. Um, That's why I said, like, you never think it's going to happen to you. And for me up to that point, it was like, you know what? I'm pregnant. I'm having a baby. It never even crossed my mind that pregnancy would not result in a healthy baby until I found myself in that ER table. (sighs) waking up in the middle of the night and having my water break and all that stuff. So yes, it happened. And statistics are what one in four pregnancies. Yeah, right. Right. And early in a miscarriage. And before we end off, let's, let's dive into this miscarriage and what can cause it and how to stop it. Just really the biggest thing for me. First off, what's that number five, making yourself a priority when you're trying to get pregnant, you know, putting your health first, and I mean this in a few different ways, but realizing that 
you deserve to, I don't, I say you, I don't mean you, but like that, you know, your audience deserves to feel good and to work on themselves and, you know, put themselves first and maybe not try and make everyone else happy and go to the baby shower that she doesn't really want to go to because it's just too hard. You know, it's okay to put yourself first and to reach out for help and, you know, work with someone who can help you that sort of thing. And that, that's what I mean. And going back to what we were just talking about earlier, it's, I think this is maybe the hardest thing for me is that I'm, it's already such a high pressure situation and especially for the woman. And it's like, what I'm trying to do is, is not put extra pressure on and, you know, or bl- any blame, of course, you know, it's just like, I want people to know that there are things that can be done and there are things that can help. And I hope that makes sense, you know? So it's like this fine line between, well, I'm not trying to like put all the blame and pressure on you. So that's not going to help you at all. And that's not what I'm trying to say, but more just that there is a lot that, you know, that can be done if you want to to do that. The whole PCOS story when people are like, well, I got diagnosed with PCOS and my doctor told me that I'll probably never have kids because of it. And their first instance is, you know, let's go on Clomid and let's try Clomid. If Clomid doesn't work, then we could do AI, IUI, IBF, whatever they want to try that process. But ultimately, PCOS as a naturopathic doctor, you know, it can be reversed. Oh, yeah. And it's often reversed with the like, right tools. Yeah. The toolkit, yeah. Totally. Right? right. Metformin is a great place to start. It's not a great place to end. But when they get put on metformin, that's the great place to start. So along with making your health a priority, make sure your partner's in with you too. Yes. Yes. This isn't just a woman thing. Like we've been discussing, I've been trying to reiterate numerous times, be sure the man is involved. It is not like I literally am working with someone right now and I'm about, she's got the most beautiful labs, beautiful labs, beautiful hormone panels, beautiful everything. So now it's like, you know what? Let's take the focus off of you and let's look at you both. Mm-hmm. And the hubby's going to have to get in on this. Mm-hmm. Yes, they have one. They're working on another. And one of the biggest blocks of male fertility is testosterone. Mm-hmm. Right? Most of the time, I mean, how many men do you see now taking testosterone? Hordes of them, whether it's a pellet, DHEA you know, some supplement of testosterone they bought online, whatever it is, but that is actually inhibiting their sperm and their sperm count and their sperm quality. So be in this together. Right. Yeah. And why is he taking testosterone too? You know, it's like, well, that (laughs) that's the easy thing to do. Yeah. You and I know that. Um, Uh, Like, in the long term, that's really like what you said, it's, it's cutting off his feedback loop. So his body is not going to be able to produce it. That's not, yeah, it's not a long-term good solution. <laughs> no, it's not. No taking hormones is in my opinion. And I go to war on that with oh yeah, testosterone, testosterone, estrogen, all that good stuff. But ultimately be in it together, be a team, be a partner. You're a team and partnership in yeah. life, be a team and partnership in the fertility Absolutely. journal journey and then support each other when needed, especially on the emotional aspect. All right. Any last tidbits or tricks or anything you got up your sleeve? I just think that, I mean, for any woman out there that's listening who has infertility 
especially if you don't know why, or, you know, if your doctors haven't been able to give you answers where you are now or where you're going to be in your future is not dependent on your past. So if you've had a rough journey, it doesn't mean that you can't get pregnant now. And like, that's one of my biggest messages that I'm trying to spread to the world is that even if you've had a hard time, even if, you know, your labs are normal, even if no doctor can give you answers, like you can still get pregnant. It's still totally possible for you. A lot of people have this 40 year old age limit on their head. Right. When it's needs to be thrown out the window. I know. Didn't JLo get pregnant at like 47 or something like that? I don't know. I, I don't know either. Probably, I, saw I, some, know. I saw some celebrity got pregnant like in her late 40s. But yeah, no, totally. Pregnancy is definitely possible in your 40s for sure. <laughs> now I always tell you, well, you have low poor egg quality. Okay. As we learned and have discussed that you can change that in simply three to four months. Uh, mm-hmm. If you're willing to put in the work and the effort. And, and don't just take egg quality as the end all be all. There's always something as, as an everything that's causing their right. quote unquote poor egg quality. And typically that's usually a cop-out. If that's what you, mm-hmm. if we want to get down to the nitty gritty, poor egg quality is a cop-out. There's really something else going on, but it's just not PCOS or endometriosis or something they can identify. And oftentimes there's an underlying, what I find is an infection and what you would find, Kate, probably more of the emotional, energetic type of healing. So combine the physical, the mental, the social, right. the emotional, the every mm-hmm. whole body aspect you can think of, and then change your mind. What we're learning inside the membership group, my membership is the Healing Beyond the Diagnosis membership, mm-hmm. HBD tribe. And we Love have it. a coach, emotional coach who comes in and does some mindset affirmations, emotional release things. And one of the things that she taught us this past week was affirmations, not affer, but affor. Your brain is a very powerful tool that you can manipulate. Yeah. And teach your brain how to think. And the way that she does this with affirmations is you, the brain responds very well to questions. So if you were to say to yourself, why is it so easy for me to become pregnant? The brain's just going to say, oh, it's easy for me to become pregnant. You don't have to necessarily worry about the why, but you're starting to train the brain to tell the rest of the body that, you know what, it's easy for me to become pregnant. And who knows what could change? You know, I'm going through my list here. Why do people keep sending me great referrals or why does money come so easily? Just ask yourself that and write these out in the morning to start transitioning that mindset and to change it to where it's like, I don't, I don't struggle with infertility. I'm the most fertile. I just need to get my timing right. 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 And don't ever worry about the how, when you create these, you just say, why is it so easy for me to enjoy intercourse with my spouse? Why is it so easy for my hormones to be so balanced and for me to know Exactly when I need to get pregnant. Yeah. You know, just I'm not, I'm just coming with these off the top of my head. But if you were to create listeners, if you were to create, you know, three, just simply three questions like that, and then put them on your bathroom mirror so your brain remembers the impossible just might be possible. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't require a twenty thousand, fifty thousand dollar IVF treatment. Yeah. Totally. And that's what I want people to know is, I mean, for some people, IVF is a miracle and, and it's the right choice, but some people don't want to go that route. And so I just want people to know that there are other 
options out there, that there are other ways. And a lot of times fertility doctors just don't, they're trained in the way that they are in conventional med school. And that's fine. And, you know, we're very lucky to live in, in an age at a time. I always, I always refer to it as their toolkit. Right. Their toolkit is COVID, metformin, (laughs) IVF, AI, IUI. I don't, that's what's in their toolkit. They don't look at other things that are like in our toolkits where you can, you can say, you know what, it might not be a physical component. It might be an energetic component. It might not even be a female thing. It might be a male thing. One of the couples I was working with, I finally convinced him to go get tested. And there was this much sperm in his count zero. Yeah. No matter what a woman does, she's not going to get pregnant when there's nothing there to fertilize the egg. That's music anatomy. So reach out, be in it together. Right. And be a team. You're a team in every other aspect of life. Exactly. Be a team in this. Yeah. All right, Kate. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to Thank check. Thank you for having me. <laughs> be sure to check her out at drkate.com where you can find more about those five shifts. Yes. And then she has a fertility reset, which is a 12-week program. Be sure to join in on the next one. Yeah. Thank you so much. It was amazing being on today. Thanks. I hope you learned as much as I did from that discussion. Now, I'm in need of your help. I'm writing a book because of overwhelming requests. I'll be teaching you how to transform those normal labs into answers, healing, and hope. Whether you're a practitioner or trying to take charge of your own health, what questions do you have about blood work and labs? I'd love to answer those questions inside the book. To submit your questions for a chance to be answered within those pages, text 855-499-2555. Once again, that's 855-499-2555. Then stay tuned. You just might have a special place inside the Q&A at the end of each chapter. Next, come join the membership. You not only get access to me on live calls, but you also get the answers to questions just like yours on my private podcast. This level of attention and help is only available inside my membership. So stop relying on late night Google searches and start getting the answers and relief you desire. I can't wait to welcome you in. Get all the details and join us at drkylieburton.com backslash healing dash beyond dash the dash diagnosis. See you on the inside.